I almost forwarded it to you, but I was like on my phone, like working Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the go. So I want to relook at it to see what it was about because it was really, really good. It moved into flexibility mindset, but it was actually what he led with that was the most interesting to me. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it said, but it was kind of along the lines of what I was saying where, oh, judging your own work and maintaining a mindset of flexibility. So the three, two, one is he has three ideas from him, two quotes from others, and one question for you to leave the audience with. But um, these just like answer like so many of the thoughts that I have on a pretty regular basis because I'm trying to do so much and so little. And honestly, without some structure that is needed and without some feedback that is needed. And so um, the three ideas are more effort is wasted doing things that don't matter than is wasted doing things inefficiently. Eliminization is the highest form of optimization. And I was like, I felt that. I felt that deep in my soul, <laughs> deep in my soul. Because I'm like, if I can just create touch points here, 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 and here, and here, then like they pay for themselves kind of, right? It's like the 1% of improvement. If I have 1% 100 times over, then that's it, right? That's the, I'm filling a little bit of a lot of baskets. And no, it's just, it takes, there's so many reasons why that can't be the case. So I've been thinking on that. Also, how many times do I say like, I'll have somebody come with me to, to me with an idea and I'll be like, we do that. I'm not going to say we promote that as much as we could, because obviously if you don't know it and you're pretty engaged with us, then right. a lot of people must not know it, but we do do that. And now I'm kind of questioning why you don't know we do that. And it's because too many things, people, other people lose track of it. And then, you know, we can only use so much voice for everything that we do. And again, illuminization. Um, the next idea was we cannot predict the value of our work. Oh, sorry. We cannot predict the value our work will provide to the world. That's fine. It is not our job to judge our own work. It is our job to create it, to pour ourselves into it, and to master our craft as best we can. Mm. Felt that one really deep in my soul. Really yeah. deep in my soul. I was just telling a coworker that she had asked for this, like... She had had a really complete idea about something. And so I was like, okay, I can create materials off of that. And I created kind of a robust one that I'm like, I know this is way too many words to explain what's going on, but like, this is the first step of putting words to it. So I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm going to have them give me feedback and then I can succinct the messages and what they think is the most persuasive and the one, you know, create a through thread well. And it's hard to do editing processes with people who are not all communication people and mm -hmm. like sometimes really good because completely different perspectives and that sort of thing but sometimes really hard because it's like the, <laughs> as a creative like I can get a little sensitive about my work 
but they think I'm going to be sensitive about my work in a way that's very different than the, when I am actually sensitive about my work. Cause I'm like, that was a first draft. I know there's too many words. Like this is li- help me sculpt this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, the, you know, oh, they're just funny about it. And I was like, yeah, no, you're, I, I, you were telling me exactly what I want to hear actually in this particular moment, but they, it's funny because they put kid gloves on sometimes. I'm like, no, I'm fine with that one. <laughs> tell you when or when not I'm not going to be sensitive about it but (laughs) there's going to be times okay and the last one is you can increase your surface area for good luck by taking action the forager who explores widely will find lots of useless terrain but is also more likely to stumble across a bountiful berry patch than the person who stays home similarly the person who works hard, pursues opportunity, and tries more things is more likely to stumble across a lucky break than the person who waits. One quick thing before I even dive into that is as I read these things aloud <laughs> to you, like I feel like I'm in a class. Like I can't think of how long it's been since I've been asked to like read something aloud like that. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting in high school again. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you can popcorn to me at any time because I do want to okay. go through the other three here. Other part. Oh, we're doing the whole newsletter. I'm in. I love it. It's part I of our it. podcast now. Yeah. I love it. Um, but so <laughs> that particular quote, I think I was almost gonna send it to Penny Pierre actually, because I think as a student, we we're told really early on, like you wanna like see everything there is about communicating and like all of your options of storytelling and like because they only add to each other add to each other add to each other but that becomes really overwhelming because I felt like I had to be competent at not every form of storytelling because that's ridiculous but like a lot of forms of storytelling and I do have a job where I could use any or many forms of storytelling and like again that's overwhelming because these are skill sets and I want to be really good at doing all of them and that's just there's not enough hours in the day and there's not enough energy and there's not enough resources and all of those things. So I think this was a really good way of saying like, do explore and do have curiosity and find things interesting and get out of your comfort zone and do all of these things because you're going to find something that's really valuable within that, but not because you have to continuously be on this like massive hunt. Like, I just feel like it's really overwhelming when you get told like no you have to be really good at everything everything and, there, and there's a perfectionist in me that like that's the way I took it like right. is like I was like why would I even bother if I'm not going to do it well <laughs> well here's a case in point like I hated on like okay I hated video production I hated like actually doing radio things but like recording was great beyond on air was great and editing the audio was so fun to me and so pleasing. And now we do this podcast and it's so pleasing to me to be able to create that. So like the things, it's not like a formal, you know, organization that I was part of, but just like they show up in the littlest ways. And it is so valuable to know like what your strengths are and try hard things. Yeah. 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 And I've had it reminded to me a few times. I've like had it kind of in the back of my mind the last two weeks of, I keep hearing over and over organizations saying, we just can't get the word out about this. And I go, it's because marketing folks double as development folks and as 
you know, other, but then a lot of times we should, and that's how our education was structured to prepare us for leadership roles because clear communication is number one thing that is needed in every organization and by every leader. And I am realizing as I am a part of this chaotic world, how little that can happen sometimes. And so I, I think there should be a study that happens that demarks different types of organizations and what the role communication play like mm-hmm. is playing in their success because I think if you have a communication marketing person that is in a leadership position and properly empowered then the success of that organization is skyrocketed and yeah I think that would be a big indicator for success do you want to do that a study Mackenzie I would love to do that study. <laughs> it sounds complicated, but I'll I'll give it a shot. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Um, do you want to read the two and one of this three, two, one, or do you want me to? I'll popcorn over to you, Cater Tot. Okay. So the second part of this newsletter is two quotes from others. So the first is from rugby player Johnny Wilkinson on maintaining a mindset flexibility. Quote, if I need things to be a certain way, I'm held hostage by them, unquote. This stood out to me because I also have some perfectionist tendencies. And (laughs) I'm celebrating over here. (laughs) Slash, I was doing like, you couldn't tell what I was doing with my finger, but I was making an at sign at me. <laughs> Love. I thought you were circling back here. <laughs> yeah. <That too. laughs> it's so hard for me and I'm guessing you too to like let go of the way like I think something's supposed to be or like the plan I have because 90% of the time something's going to be okay no matter what. <laughs> so like if you kind of let go of that control of like you know the details of a lot of project projects um things will just work themselves out and if it it's just about remaining flexible like that flexibility mindset and like adaptable and you know it's frustrating to like have one of my <laughs> um what is it gallop strengths be adaptability and also to be a perfectionist because <laughs> like two parts of myself are warring all the time <laughs> so yeah um but the second one is a quote from author and poet Maya Angelou on how hard it is to make it look easy quote I try to pull the language into such a sharpness that it jumps off the page It must look easy, but it takes me forever to get it to look so easy. Of course, there are those critics, New York critics as a rule, who say, well, Maya Angelou has a new book out and of course it's good, but then she's a natural writer. Those are the ones I want to grab by the throat and wrestle to the floor because it takes me forever to get it to sing. I work at the language, unquote. (laughs) This is evident and just how much effort goes into a sentence into a graphic, into a press release, or a photo. (laughs) I don't know about you, Mackenzie, but it just seems like there are so many hurdles to jump through to get a message message just right. 
so many barriers to just getting that content down and in your hands when you want it, how you want it. I'm just thinking of, um, this is just a silly example, like we're, you know, honoring a major donor by getting him a plaque and he, we wanted like a plaque that had a photo of the baseball team on it. Um, and we want it to be an action shot from this season with like the name of this donor in the background. So the only way to get the photo is to go onto the field. And the only time the coaches would communicate with our photographer, bless you, Julie, um, is during an actual game, but you can't go onto the field during a game because that could like jeopardize the game itself. Like Warburg might have to forfeit. And so Julie like got on the field, got some photos, got yelled at by the ref. And then our VP chose a different photo, not from that angle. And like, it's kind of like all of our marketing is great until like somebody higher up just wants something different. And then we're like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> and like, it's fine. <laughs> But all the work that went into just like getting a team photo, photo, giving, getting an action shot, getting yelled at and kicked out by the ump, like <laughs> getting this plaque just done with our sign people, like <laughs> there's so much and it's not easy. <laughs> like just getting the freaking gift bag for this project was not easy because everything was huge. And it's just such a small thing that's going to make such a difference. But in marketing, it's a thankless job. And nobody understands the hours and hours and hours spent editing and researching and organizing and communicating. <laughs> I'm screaming. But yeah, I feel this one very deeply. What about you, Mackenzie? I was very silly to hear you explain that, though, because I it's it's so true it's I, I think a lot about somebody once said to me like if it was easy it would be done and I think that's true and I think it's so much more like so multifaceted into that like because it's not just the execution of the task like the point is that we have to organize and we have to collaborate and like and we're so much better for it but that really does take leadership and strategic right. thinking and those things lack uh -huh. yeah yeah all right and the three two one the, the one is for everyone listening a question for you. It's an insightful question from Steph Smith. I don't know who Steph Smith is, but we'll link this newsletter and you can go research Steph once you listen to this podcast. Um, quote, how much of what you did today was simply due to inertia? Never get so busy that you forget to actively design your life, unquote. Did this make you feel a certain type of way, Mackenzie? She laughs. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it actually kind of echoed for me, like, why 
in student environments, I felt really empowered because there is so much like built structure to that. And then like, this is like the essence of design your life sort of um, things like It's funny that this is what he included in his newsletter because his book is Atomic Habits, which is essentially trying to kind of auto-enroll into these things that make you better and stronger and get that 1% improvement every single day. So literally his concepts are built off of the concept of inertia, but then he's like, how many things are you just doing to do them? And that's true. And, And he recognizes it. It's not, you know, he does a great job of reflecting that in his book and talking about balance and there's some things that you build into your systems because that's going to be the healthier wealthier happier you and there are some things that you need to actively engage with in order to design your life but I I think it is always good to like do that check-in um sometimes monthly sometimes quarterly but also not to overthink it because like you're living life you're doing great sweetie (laughs) right right I don't know I feel like a lot of times people I've seen this and some people close to me is it almost feels like every decision is this feels like it has to be this complex strategic planning decision that I get where they're coming from and I think part of it is it's people who were really great students and so they were really great at taking the work in front of them and thinking critically about it and you know absorbing that information and taking action on it and then they'd have to report out about it or they're you know by writing a paper or taking a quiz or whatever else and they just felt like there was such a structure and plan and engagement around it and then they get to the real world and they feel like every decision is going to be that like anything that's ever so slightly complex is like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get this done from the inside out and it's like it's a grocery list, man. Like, or sometimes it's a lot more complicated mm-hmm. than a lot of times, but just it not ever, it's so agonizing. And then you feel like you can't make a decision and you don't feel powered when, and then you have to make a, a lesser decision because you waited so long to try to make a decision. And it's a lot of things. So I love this, but I also say like, take it with a grain of salt because trust your intuition, take a deep breath. There is time, all mm-hmm. of those things too. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Katie? Did you? I, I think that I've had a lot of the, well, let me look at the text again. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've been too busy and I've not been actively designing my life in a lot of ways, not being strategic about it. Like professionally I don't have enough time to be strategic I feel like I'm just like doing tasks and like checking lists and um you know that comes with like a lot of the transition that's happening right now too um but just so yeah I'm I need like some time to think strategically about you know like visualizing my future and what I want specifically and like making the decisions based on how to get there and those decisions don't have to be hard but like you know setting the one year fighter goal at least (laughs) would be really really good and I just haven't 
made time for it, but it, it kind of hit hard and like, you know, why, why am I doing something? You know, we've talked about play and like, I think active play is so good and like doing things that you, not like active play, what am I saying? Um, like actively making time for play. Yeah. And, you know, doing things that you enjoy and like having free time. I also think that like a lot of the things that I do aren't conducive to like building onto my experiences and my career and I'm ready to like start doing that a little bit more, I think. I don't know. No, I, it's interesting. It's funny to say like, you're thinking where you're going to go long-term because you just got married and you think those questions, I always think those questions have to go like so hand in hand, but like, I also think it's kind of lovely that you're like, we'll be great and fine together. And we're still human beings that have questions and yeah, a lot of life ahead. And I think yeah. it's the healthiest way of going about it is to go like, we'll figure it out. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. Fine. Everything yeah. we fine. <laughs> but that was the three two one from james clear um that was kind of a fun little spontaneous thing i liked it yeah (laughs) (laughs) katie are we keeping our topic for today or is that counting as our topic for today for the checking because i think like that could count (laughs) (laughs) okay that sounds good that sounds good we'll just save what we were going to do for another day great that felt good that felt authentic that felt nice yeah stay tuned folks <laughs> oh. I love like the almost misconnection of it like you read it and thought of me and I read it and thought of you and just I know coincidentally years, like, right? oh. <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> okay so yeah that's I mean that shows our extreme adaptability and we were okay with going from like what was planned today which is okay yeah good yeah so katie reading watching listening to yeah yeah i'm reading a book for book club called the great believers by rebecca mckay and i don't think i've talked about this before have i no i don't believe so okay so it's set in two time periods one we're following Yale, who is in development at an art gallery in the 1980s, and Fiona, who is searching for her daughter in Paris, who was in a cult in like the 2010s, like 2015. Wait, is this based on real? This is no, no, no. But it all surrounds like the AIDS epidemic. So in the 80s, we see Yale, who's a gay man. Um, and all of his friends, you know, starting to get sick and dying. And then his first real friend who dies is Nico, who is Fiona's brother. And so then 30 years later, we see Fiona like going through her own struggles, but really grappling with the fact that the AIDS crisis um, has impacted her life so greatly. Um, You know, having lost her brother and reconnecting with some people that she knew in that time. And, you know, they, the one part I was in, they just compared the AIDS crisis to World War II. Like, people you know have died or are completely different people. And 
this place that you called home to them with Chicago isn't the same anymore. And so I'm learning a lot. I haven't read a lot of stories like this about AIDS. So um, it's very interesting and very heartbreaking. Very, very good book. <laughs> but then what I'm watching is um, on my friend's friend's Hulu, we're watching The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so I have like 18 minutes left in the most recent episode. How much any of it? I haven't done any of it. What? Not I any thought... of it. I I knew Jane texted me to tell me that it was up. My roommate has I I don't know how far she is in because we haven't talked about it, but I I just don't know if I'm ready like emotionally. I I was so ready for it like when it the last episode happened last season. I was like I don't want to wait for this, and then obviously we waited a while. So I it just. I don't know. I don't know if it's like the pandemic and like things are starting to get better. I might need another month before I can start it or something like there, that. Yeah. There was a point when I was watching last night and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it was just like really shocking. Um, oh, that makes me nervous. Well, and I was just telling a friend about this. I was like, I don't know if it's going to be oddly comforting or oddly not comfort and not necessarily even based on like storyline choices or anything like that but so you know how there's been some tv shows that have been showing like people have been wearing masks and mm -hmm. then there have been some who've just been trying to pretend like there hasn't been a pandemic yeah. and it doesn't matter how well they do the storyline where they include the pandemic I just don't want it reflected in my media and I'm really surprised to say that because I really thought I would like I was like I I typically want to acknowledge what's going on around us like it doesn't really matter how they approach it I want to like I would prefer that we ignore like it's it would be soothing that my media reflect the world around me but I got I completely 180 and I was like like Law and Order SVU they are just not wearing their masks like correctly like they're seeing a lot of people and taking them off around weird people and I'm like just it's and some of the storylines around it were just like not good enough to be worth it and it was just like you're just making me anxious this whole yeah. time you're just making me anxious and then yeah. like Grays obviously go a heavy hitter in on it in a huge way and they did it in a really interesting way but still I'm just like this is heavy and it you've like the storylines have always been so relevant and incredible and it's like I I get why you're doing it and I wish I wanted to see it more and I'm still current on that one so and it's, there's been high points where I'm like oh wow this is better and then sometimes where I'm like oh this is mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah okay like the handmaid's tale obviously heavy 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 and yeah i would maybe take a break if you're not <laughs> if you're still not feeling it yet in the right place um the so i read the first and second handmaid's tale books um and the i think third episode of this new season ended with like a line from june and I know exactly like the sentence that she was talking about as a quote from the book. And 
it was just really cool, like really interesting how they brought that in. And now we're in the in between seasons between like the first book and the last book. And I'm really interested to see because hopefully what I want is that they make their way to what happened in the second book. <laughs> what happened in the follow up to be like, okay, there was this probably like 15 year gap. So I know who should be alive at the end and I know basically what should happen, but there are so many characters that like you don't know about. And I don't know if Margaret Atwood did this like very strategically so that the show could fill in the gaps. Mm. But it, it's way fun for me to like see it all falling into place. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, and then anyway, my <laughs> work, Work Life is a podcast I've been listening to. And it's Work Life with Adam Grant. Do you know this podcast? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He just talked to, um, and this was my first episode, to Glennon Doyle about, Mm. it's like, I think the title was Glennon Doyle, like, encourages you to abandon your identities. And kind of like- That sounds heavy. (laughs) Yeah, yes and no, but like kind of freeing, I think, um, because she found a lot of constraints and identities that she's had to have in her life, you know, like she was an alcoholic, she was a bulimic, she was all these things, she was straight and that put her in a box and she was Christian and that put her in a box and like she's like well for her faith she's like well I'm not Christian necessarily because like with like subscribing to that faith it's also meaning like there are people who are excluded from it and it means I have to like be part of that dogma and like I don't believe all the things that they do that church does and I don't believe all the things they stand for Mm. and so like she's like I'm still spiritual like I still believe in the thing but I'm not part of whatever this church is <laughs> and kind of abandon her identities that way. Um, talking about how like when she came out and her and Abby Wambach, you know, announced their relationship to the world, like people's first questions to her would be like, so what are you in terms of her sexuality instead of like talking about her book or her recent project or her um, nonprofit that's literally getting millions of dollars to people at the border and reuniting families. (laughs) They would ask her about her sexuality. And so she's like, she's finding a lot of freedom in that. Very interesting. I would highly suggest that podcast. I think it could be life-giving. I think it could be life-giving to some people. And I can also see how it would be like terrifying other people for me like I like identities because then I have like when I'm in a box I have like the roles to play and like a clear path forward so there's sometimes where I really like it but I appreciate not having them sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah all right well I took up so much of this time with my no <laughs> Catherine <laughs> No, I take up all the time. That's what this is for. Take the space, babe. Take the space. And I feel like I have the opposite. So you're really just balancing me out today because if Katie would to peak 
were to peek at our uh, notes, my reading, watching, <laughs> listening to is just me repetitively saying like, should TikTok count? Can TikTok count? Can can it count? <laughs> so I've been reading, <laughs> reading the subtitles on TikTok. Does that count? Watching TikToks. JK. <laughs> Listening to TikToks. <laughs> But really, <laughs> but really, so <laughs> I'm going to stick with TikTok for my reading because I've, I've been reading the same books I've talked about on here because um, they're thick and academic and they're taking me some time slash I'm just, I do take my time with my books. I either read them all like a whole book in the same weekend or it takes me months. There's like not a huge in between and there's not a huge indication about what books I do that with, but yeah, so I'm going to say subtitles on TikTok count because, and I appreciate it, like what an accessible community, bless their hearts for putting subtitles on things like that. 100%. I love the revolution. I have turned my family, Jesse used to hate that I would leave the subtitles on and now he just like has decided that it's <laughs> too hard to fight it, but I love that there are so many people our age that like subtitles on and mine started because we had foreign exchange students and so okay. when you watch a movie in English it's just hard to catch all of it so we would put subtitles on and ever since we started doing that with our first foreign exchange student when I was in eighth grade like that's just has always been my preference so I love it yeah yeah um <laughs> so reading watching watching um TikToks um, just kidding. I had like probably the weirdest triple feature last night. We did like a sunroom movie night, my roommate Angie and I, and we started with like really high hopes. I had, she's so cute. She's so cute. And she's so like up for anything, bless her heart. So I was explaining to her earlier in the day, I was like prepping some food in the kitchen. I gone grocery shopping. And so I was like watching, washing out our fridge a little bit and like washing produce and sorting it and cutting it up and getting it all ready for the week and so she was in there chit-chatting with me and um she had never seen La La Land or Moonlight and I had explained she completely missed she was a nursing student in college at the time of like that whole thing where the like wrong movie was announced for the awards and all that she'd missed all of that and I was explaining I was like like both great movies also like a huge feat for Moonlight, like well-deserved, but like also I love La La Land and like, like I was just kind of explaining it all. And she's like, we can watch those tonight. And I was like, okay, we can. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So we started with La La Land because I knew she would just be enchanted by it. And she was, she loved it, loved every aspect of it, the creative influences in it. I picked on, on some things that I had just like enrolled in as a viewer the times I've seen it before like some of like the set pieces and like and when I say set pieces I mean like they go back and forth between like a realistic world and like like a romantic movie set yeah and and staging and like so interesting and some of the ways in which they bring you in and out of it especially at the end they like maj it. it's like a collage of just these different storytelling and the whoever did lighting for that just absolutely incredible because and they would do so many things that were a single shot and I caught that a lot more and you just you're on a journey it kind of feels like you're on like a like a really unique ride at Disney a little bit because you just feel like you're being floated through these things that are like 4D and then 
set pieces and just like it's so interesting anyways watch that it was very um like singing in the rain to me that movie like very old but also modern and yeah quirky in a classic hollywood way yeah but then it has like it's modern twists still like still felt really relevant and like it's just yeah all of it um but so we watched that and the intention was that we would go on to watch moonlight but it's so heavy and I just did not know if I could do it at that time and so we took a break and we had dinner and did some other things and we went back and we decided to go on on a different movie night sort of thing girly random things plus we were like going to do our nails and like chit chat and I was like we, we, if we're going to watch Moonlight we have to do it in a serious way we have to be ready to absorb the immensity yeah. of what it is and I don't think we were in the right place for it so we're going to wait until we are so we'll watch it sometime in the next month but our other our triple feature then included just right right with like a w um it has queen latifah in it it's just like free on amazon prime it's about okay. like she's like a pt and like happenstance runs into an nba player and then he ends up being injured and she helps him and then he oh. like there's a romantic twist to it and it's it's interesting like if you're cleaning i recommend like tossing on let's see that's my <laughs> I, I love doing that that's my favorite way to watch movies is like just like have it on in the background this is what I'm used to from when I was younger I would do that when I was like in fifth grade and I know it doesn't sound like that's like a high praise but I love Queen Latifah that is no shade I love no, Queen Latifah it's just no like shade. it's an easy movie to absorb and anyways so we watched that and then finally, we, we watched a lot of trailers for things. I felt like my dad, my dad will do this too when I come home now, is he'll be like, I have 20 suggestions. Let's watch all of the trailers together. And, the, and then you ended up watching an hour worth of trailers. And yep. he's like having to look them up with his like little remote hitting. It, it takes so long, so long. But he's like, and 75% of the things he suggests for us to watch together are things he's already seen. So he's watching the trailer to something that he's already seen all the way through. And That's he explains funny. it to me. And then we watch the trailer. Oh my God. <laughs> I've been trying to teach him what mansplaining one is. And this is just like the next fucking level of it. Bless his heart. So, and then the last movie we watched, because I have been in the mood to watch this movie. And I didn't know I had it available to me because we have like a stars subscription on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So is Stepmom, they used to kind of play on like ABC Family once in a while sort of thing. I remember it catching me so off guard while I was cleaning and I just sat there and cried, cried. And it's like motherhood. Mm -hmm. And okay, so it has Julia Roberts in it and Sarah Sarandon, Sarah Sarandon. You would recognize who she is. Um, She's like actually a pretty uh, yeah, Sarandon. Sarandon. I think she purposely yeah. got the name. Susan. Is it Susan? Right. Well, what let's see what else she was in. She was in Susan. Sarandon. Oh, Susan. Oh my god, my brain. I don't know. Susan Sarandon. Yep, you're right. <laughs> I do recognize her, but I can't figure out what she was in. Um, let's see here. Salmon Louise, Blackbird, 
She's in a lot of things. Okay. She, Zoolander. I don't Zoolander. <laughs> yeah. I I feel Sammy. like there's some roles that aren't yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it's the story of this divorced couple and their two kids and Julia Roberts is his new girlfriend and the ex-wife is not handling it very well and that's Susan and um but it you know it was like a late 90s movie I should double check Mm -hmm. that it was 1998 cool and so I mean it's just like beautiful like the outfits the everything about it um and it's about navigating that and these two women like having conflict but not in like necessarily like a bitchy way it just it's so interestingly done like I just I feel like they really did catch some depth and some nuance from these characters mm-hmm. and um I, I close your ears if you do not want spoilers but Susan the ex-wife um gets has cancer and so that's part of the reason that the women end up kind of getting along but then they also talk about like navigating like their personal journeys and what it means to each of them Mm -hmm. because like Julia Roberts character is like making a really honest effort at being a good stepmom but she's not like she she explains like she didn't want to be a parent like she loves this man she's loving this family but like like she says repeatedly at the beginning like you have a great mom to like to when they have like a angsty tween that like kind of like you're not my mom and she's like I don't want to be bitch (laughs) it's just like okay let me like re-say that like you have a great mom I don't need to be your great mom like you've got that and so then ultimately to have that be that she has cancer and mm-hmm. how you yeah it's a whole thing <sighs> so it was a heavy heavy one to end the night on but a good one so that's like the weirdest triple feature that I could have ever had forced my yeah no into. kidding oh, yeah <laughs> and then my listening to TikToks um <laughs> is that True. my coworker and I uh had travel um had the travel for work last week and so um at the end of this last week and I made her listen to the whole Fearless Taylor Swift album, so, <laughs> and she had never listened to it, so, and she liked it, I think, I felt kind of guilty on the way home, because I plugged my phone, and I was playing my music, and then I slept, so I was asleep for, like, a half an hour of her listening to Taylor Swift without me, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> awesome, oh, hit the player, hit the game, uh, <laughs> I think she liked it, so, Katie, yes. recent accomplishments, I would love to hear from you and please take up all the time, all of the space. I am intently listening. I'm not going to, because I want you to time. And also like, it doesn't need to be, mine doesn't need to be a long thing. I'm just. Make it a long thing. Take me on a journey. So in March of 2020, (laughs) (laughs) a pandemic swept through the United States. And now, 14 months later, I'm finally able to do things again safely thanks to the COVID-19 vaccination. And Josh's second one, it was 
you know, two weeks from his second shot on Thursday. And so now we're free. Not that we really celebrated that much, but we're, it's really good. Feels really good. That's so nice. I'm so excited for your, oh, it is a different feeling. It's just, yeah. We went to get coffee before this and um, we're sitting, waiting for our drinks to come out and there were people all around us. And Josh was like, this was really weird. And I was like, yeah, it is. We went to a restaurant last weekend and <laughs> sat inside and it was just like, and we got sushi and we were like, oh shit, okay, we can do this now. Like safely, it feels strong. <laughs> like, I don't think we'll be doing it all the time, but. Yeah. Yeah. So feels good. Kind of a breath of fresh air, unironically. <laughs> yeah. Just really good. And that's cool. What about you, Mackenzie? Tell me about your recent accomplishment. Yeah, my recent accomplishment, and it's not quite quite official, but it's more um uh logistical hang up, but I am the new membership chair of the um, Young Professional Connection here in Des Moines. It's um, an organization of the partnership, so that is kind of a big deal, and I'm excited to join the board and work on the board and um, help facilitate this next year. It's been a hard last year in terms of programming and what's that look like and what does the pandemic specifically look for like for young professionals and technically to be a young professional um is like between 20 and 40 typically is who's considered a young professional and there are so many different life stages in that so, so like, many <laughs> so many of our members are young parents or homeowners and are experiencing difficulties with their careers in lots of different ways so in some ways I thought that the organization was positioned perhaps best to like navigate COVID because of being younger and more adapt to technology and so like some of the zoom thing the dissonance of like working with google forms are like exclusively electronically um i think i think their young professional skill sets were so called upon during the pandemic for their organizations that a lot were just left with nothing left like just empty and I mean there's enough people who live alone too and that has its own I mean I just feel like they're what a cross-section because there's not that financial security a lot of times for young professionals and community looks different I feel like because a lot of time people aren't in the same communities they grew up in mm -hmm. and so some of those support structures aren't there and yeah the immensity I just feel like there's a lot there but as you said it's nice because things can quote-unquote kind of look like what the world will look like now with where we're at so yeah. um membership chair I'm excited because it's a lot of networking and um brand endorsement in terms of getting people to talk about YPC and your reason for doing YPC and that sort of thing so uh, it's things I like to do <laughs> Yay! Congrats, Yay. Mackenzie. It's Thank you. Role for you. I'm excited. I'm excited, and I like. I very specifically wanted this role, and not per se like 
there is a marketing chair, I will love to support that person and collaborate with my fellow board members in all of their roles. But I was very, this is specifically the role I wanted because I just felt like I could approach it in a different kind of way. So cool. (laughs) And that's the news. That's the tea. That's the tea. That is the tea. Well, wonderful. I don't have much else to say. Do you have any final thoughts for today? Um, we are two episodes from the end of this season of the podcast. So our next topic, I'll go ahead and spoil it a little bit, is going to be <laughs> Twilight, which I heard a lot of people say they comfort watch during COVID, which I think is interesting and kind of funny. But Katie is taking a very unique approach to it, and she's going to do a SWOT analysis for her Yay. topic here. But I love it because it's it's gonna be a big topic to unpack like I know we're gonna pick the bigger one and a lot of nuances there and I'm excited I'm I'm excited for the swap perspective because I think that's a very good way of breaking it down and I saw that Katie has lots of notes around it and I'm not reading them so I can be surprised when I when the time comes I think I'm gonna only be able to talk about like 10% of what I could talk about we're gonna be reading from a lot of articles there will be a lot of links with this one um, I'm very passionate. I feel about like the voice. most academic approach to <laughs> absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And then our <laughs> last episode of the season will be as we've done in the past, where we kind of do a look back about what we've learned this season and what does life look like. And um, as Katie said, with her recent accomplishment, it's just it's going to be interesting because we started this. I mean we didn't know it at the time, but mid-quarantine, mid-pandemic-ing, and so we are six months into doing this, longer, we are longer, we are eight months into doing this, we started it in September, so, oh my gosh, yeah. we're on a trimester, is, I know, I was gonna say, our pandemic is about birthing ready, <laughs> I love that we were on the same wavelength, very good, so and okay so last if you have listened with us along this time the end of season one Katie and I are like oh we talked about it and we're going to do a season two and now we get to the end of season two and it wasn't a question if we're going to keep doing it or not it was a question of looking at dates to make sure we're doing it but um yeah we didn't even ask hey Katie you're you're still in for this right yeah absolutely cool cool what about you cool I am in I'm in I mean since we are in the top 36 percent of podcasts I think that's totally a recent accomplishment. Yeah. We should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So like no big deal guys, but no big deal. It's really, it's our persistence um, that got us there. And I mean that very genuinely, apparently a lot of people start <laughs> podcasts and only do one episode and that really <laughs> curves the whole data. <laughs> like we there are millions through. of podcasts that only have one episode and there's many, many more that do less than 10 episodes. And just by the grace of God for us <laughs> to do two seasons, we're in the top 36% a podcast <laughs> I think and for in if we do another season it'll be like probably the top 30 percent right? we're going for the content baby oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh my god well cheers to us and here's to a great week Mackenzie here's to a great week Catherine I love you it's been a pleasure, been a pleasure. <laughs>